1: Good morning. It is Friday, June 9th. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find us both on Twitter. He's at Rob M. Kendall. I'm at Casey Daniels 317. And we're on YouTube right now. Just typing Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. So she said there is damning evidence the sitting president of the United States sold out his country In an ongoing bribery scheme. That is what Nancy Mace of South Carolina said. She's a uh, member of the House Oversight Committee. And, of course, Biden under a lot of scrutiny for his behavior that allegedly took place during his tenure as vice president under Barack Obama. But
2: but stop for just a second. Because you say he's under a lot of scrutiny. Mm -hmm. Is he really, though?
1: Well, he's got this House Oversight Committee investigating
2: him. So what? Do you honestly think the Republicans are going to do anything? Do the Republicans ever do anything?
1: I certainly hope they do.
2: No, 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 no. no. I didn't ask you what you hope they do. (laughs) I'm asking you based on the track record of the the Republican Party and their propensity to roll over and play dead. Mm -hmm. Couple that with the fact most of them like not being in power. Because then they'd actually have to do something. Do you have any faith that the Republicans are going to do anything that is going to result in damage being done to Joe Biden? No. That's And that is, you are right. One hundred percent, And that's pathetic. And this is why I'm done with these people. Because it doesn't matter what they huff and what they puff and what they threaten and what they say. They just gave Joe Biden all of his priorities Mm -hmm. fully funded in this little debt ceiling vote. That shows you how unserious they are about stopping Joe Biden. So while Trump is probably going to end up going to jail, Joe Biden will once again walk around scot-free. Will
1: he walk around?
2: Well, he'll stumble, he'll fall, he'll whatever, because the Republicans are not serious people.
1: Okay, so the House Oversight Committee members, they were approached by a whistleblower who said that the FBI was in possession of this document, this FD-1023 document, and it indicates Joe Biden has been involved in a $5 million criminal bribery scheme with a foreign national in exchange for influence over policy decisions while he was vice president. President.
2: What? Yeah. Joe Biden is corrupt. Mm-hmm. What? Well, I mean, look, like, like we're saying this, and obviously it's incredibly damaging to the nation, and it's everyone should just be mortified. But we've known this for how long? Ten percent to the big guy. Yeah. Who do you think he Hunter Biden was talking about? Right. Everybody knows he is in on this. Now you're putting some numbers and some facts and some figures with the statements. And I guess that, but that to me doesn't make it any worse. We already know what this guy is. How does a guy who's been in public office his whole life, how does he have all the stuff that he has? Where did all that money come from? How does a, a drug addicted, hooker addicted <laughs> lunatic end up selling art for $500,000 when he's not an artist? Right.
1: Yeah. Magically, he's so good. How does Hunter Biden so
2: get on all of these boards? There's video of Joe Biden saying that he was going to pressure the the prosecutor, well, the Ukraine, wasn't it, mm-hmm. to do what he wanted him to do, or there was going to be a price. Okay,
1: we've got that next hour. Yeah, it's
2: just like, <laughs> and that's been around forever. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, this is so obvious, and yet we just stand back, and and the Republicans just stand back and go, whoa, somebody ought to do something about this. Somebody really ought to step in and step up, and nobody ever does. Okay, well, he had
1: himself a little press conference yesterday, and he was asked a lot of different questions. Oh. And he was asked about this, and you know what his response was? To make a joke.
2: Oh, of course, right? Yeah,
1: of course. There's, there's damning evidence against him in an FBI file that they finally turned over, saying that he sold out the country, and his response? Eh, make a joke. The bribery allegation, Congresswoman Nancy
3: May says there's damning evidence in that FBI file that you sold out the country. Do you have a response to congressional Republicans? Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, I try to talk a bunch of malarkey. Mr. President, what are
1: you- A bunch of malarkey.
2: Where's the money? It's a bunch of malarkey. Mm-hmm.
1: He said, I'm joking. I mean, he just gave everybody the middle finger. Joe, the money is hidden in the LLCs that you and your family created- to hide it.
2: And, and I think it's important to realize when we talk about Biden getting paid, you're not talking about, hey, $5 million showed up in a briefcase on Biden's doorstep. We're talking about all of these people. Remember Comer said there is as many, whatever the number was, 10, nine or ten people involved in this. When you spread that money around, and as you said, Casey, you spread them through various business entities or I'm not going to use words like shell corporations, but various things that could resemble shell corporations, it makes it very hard to track the money.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, so during this press conference, he was also asked about what's going on with the DOJ in regards to Trump. And you know he's telling the truth. Why? Well, because he says that he's honest.
4: Because you notice I have never once... Not one single time suggested the Justice Department what they should do or not do, or to bring a charge or not bring a charge. I'm honest.
1: <laughs> I'm honest.
2: And how would you? How would anybody know what he's actually suggested? No, has he stood up at the podium and said, "I demand the DOJ take out Trump"? He doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. You are the company you keep. Correct. And it is. I mean, look. So we are either led to believe. That Donald Trump did the same thing proven that uh, Biden has done, that Mike Pence did, that George W. Bush did, that Obama did, that Bill Clinton did. All of these people have walked out of that office with classified documents, and just only one of them, only one of them is getting charged.
1: Trump's the only one that has to answer for it. What
2: I mean, this when we started the show with this last hour, they don't even hide it anymore. They're not even creative about it anymore because they don't believe the American people will do anything about it.
1: OK, so Biden finally is the worst pitchman ever. Oh. Like, if you've got a product, sure. he's not the guy you want to yes. hire. OK, he introduces an app but he can barely explain it, let alone... It's it's the air quality app where oh. you can track how the air quality is based on these wildfires, right? Sure. right? Okay. He's trying to explain it to us, and he, he barely gets the name of it correctly.
4: To keep up to date on the air quality in real time, go to the app that we provide. It's called airnow.gov and check on one another. And by the way, what you'll get... It's something that looks like this with a, with a calibrated piece that says when the air is clean and when the air is dangerous and hazardous. And it dictates what uh, to tell you the air quality in your in the neighborhood.
1: <laughs> he had pictures that time. He was holding up pictures. This is what it's going to look like.
2: Uh, I mean, it wasn't quite the trail off in Happy Birthday, Dear Velvet, but I mean, it was pretty close.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It is 13 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So, Gene Simmons, the. From
2: Kiss, the band. Are they still on their farewell tour?
1: Well, he was on Piers Morgan uh, the other day, and he predicted who he thinks is going to be the next president. And we've got that for you coming up from 93 WIBC.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips.
1: Minutes after ten, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the Indiana State Fair has unveiled the first wave of their concerts at the Hoosier Lottery Free Stage, the schedule. They've got Clint Black on the schedule. You know him. He's a country singer, right? You're I from- love how you
2: said that as a definitive statement. You know him. You know him. I mean, I know of him. <laughs> like it's I i I could not tell you one. Clint Black song, but yes, I would know that he was the guy with the cowboy hat who mm-hmm. is a country singer.
1: Yeah, he's saying "State of Mind." It's oh. a great song. You should. It's check right it up out. there
2: with "Like a Rolling Stone" and "Born to Run" in mm-hmm. my in my uh, you know lexicon. Casey,
1: coming up on August twelfth. What was
2: the name of it?
1: "State of Mind." Oh. Coming up on August twelfth, uh, Rob. I'm sure you're going to be first in line to get tickets for this. Yes. Uh the Taylor Party. It's the Taylor Swift night.
2: Oh, is, it, is, is it,
1: she's not actually going to be there?
2: It's it, just a big party. That would be, you know what, Casey? That would actually—I wouldn't say endear me because she is horrific—but that would actually make me chuckle and somewhat quasi, almost want to tolerate her if she played the free stage at the Indiana State mm-hmm. Fair. That would be hilarious. So this is some sort of cover band, or this is some it's the
1: Taylor party? Some
2: disgruntled woman who's made several serious egregious choices in men and blames everybody but herself is that people get on stage and tell their own tales of their own bad choices the
1: fair opens on july 28th and it runs through august 20th and uh the the tickets for the concerts they're free with your fair admission
2: you know i think the one of the last times i saw the free stage it was the uh sticks and Posters. They call themselves Sticks. I I was
1: going to say, do they call themselves the Sticks
2: imposters? (laughs) The guys who call themselves Sticks, except the guy who wrote and sang all of the songs. You're
1: actually talking about the band Sticks. Yeah, the guys who call themselves Sticks. But the guy
2: who wrote and sang all the songs isn't in the band anymore. And so I kept uh, shouting at them. Fraud! Fraud! <laughs> this not. is why you're on the free stage! Fraud! <laughs> That's it. I think yeah. at one th- at one point, Tommy Shaw may have extended his middle finger in my direction, though I'm not officially sure.
1: Also trending this morning, Damar Hamlin. You remember this guy. He's the one who had the heart attack on national TV Playing for the Buffalo Bills, he's back in practice, full gear, full helmet, everything.
2: Oh, good for him!
1: I, that is good for him. I would be a little nervous to be completely suited up and go back into the game after you experience something like that.
2: Oh, you're here with me every day. I think you're, I'd be like, good "Pass, you. you're I'm good." Fine.
1: Yeah. Also trending: Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick. He's going to step down from his role next year, and he uh, it's going to be what the first time since 2008 that they will have a new athletic. Athletic director at Notre Dame. You know, he's the one who hired Brian Kelly. Well,
2: there. and he, the guy they picked used to be a Notre Dame football player under Lou Holtz. So mm-hmm. that's very interesting. He comes from NBC. I yeah, saw. Yeah,
1: he's the NBC sports chairman. Right. He's also a Notre Dame alum. Pete Bravanqua?
2: Yeah, not definitely not the Rocket Ismail or uh, Ron Paulus or Jerome Bettis in terms of names of the Notre Dame, great Notre Dame football players, but did, was a, I think, was a walk on football player under Lou Holtz. And it would give some credence because the big thing with Notre Dame, and you know this because mm-hmm. you covered them for years in South Bend, is Notre Dame's independence in football has re- remained a topic of much controversy. The big reason they are able to remain an independent is this massive TV deal they have with NBC, Mm -hmm. and it would appear if they're hiring a guy from NBC to be the athletic director, it would seem to give some credence that they will indeed remain with NBC and by default uh, an independent football entity.
1: So Gene Simmons from Kiss, he was on Piers Morgan the other day and he got asked the question, who was going to win the presidential uh, election in 24? And this was his answer.
3: Who's going to win the American election? Give me a name. Donald Trump. (gasps) Wow. Wow. We
0: can ignore all the cases we can ignore the indictments we can ignore the sexual assault we not, can not, ignore the fact I'm he's not going to making, potentially um, be he wasn't making a judgment he just making, said he thinks trump, he's going to
3: win i'm not even saying that i'm for it but i will tell you yeah. if i was mr trump and i mr biden i think is an ethical man and so on i call both mr uh, out of mm-hmm. respect somebody mm. is going to run a 30 second sizzle reel showing mr biden falling down totally agree
1: I think we've already seen that sizzle reel. Did, did he he s- just said Biden was an ethical man.
2: Did he say that he thinks Biden is an ethical man? There's no way. He was joking, he right?
1: No, he was serious. But to counter that, I thought this was really funny. Uh, Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana, he calls the Biden administration a maronathon. Uh <laughs> This guy is hilarious. I mean he could go on tour. In my opinion, it's a moronathon. Uh,
3: and, and, and it is just it is just further evidence that crazy never takes a day off in Washington DC when President Biden's in charge. It is s- also yeah, go ahead. it's also going to be very unpopular, particularly the price rises. Uh, p- polling uh, clearly shows fairly or unfairly that uh, a majority of Americans think that President Biden is on a day pass from the nursing home and, and and further further polling shows that at the moment the president is about he's about as popular as a colonoscopy <laughs> and uh,
1: He's doing a stand-up right there. <laughs> it's 22 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You,
2: you know, uh, he's from Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. And ever since I followed your lead and re- finally responded to that person from the Louisiana legislature... You haven't heard from him? I have not gotten a single other correspondence. So, Casey... I'm not going to say your terrible advice cost me about three years of show content. Yeah. But, uh, your terrible advice appears to have cost me three years of show content. Well,
1: I think they figured you out. Tell me more. Didn't work for you. Huh? Yeah. What content really were you getting from them? Well, were they I mean, we still a,
2: sending you stuff? Yeah, We had a running gag that'd been going for about three years on this show that I was on a text thread with the Louisiana legislature and they were too incompetent to figure out that they were talking strategy with some guy in Indiana on their little thread. And I thought it was a fascinating insight to just how stupid stupid a lot of these state lawmakers are and how incompetent they are and the fact that they were giving away how they're going to vote and how they're going to this and that. And some guy from Indiana just hanging out, chilling out on the text thread, but it's all over now, Casey. I'm sorry. It's I, ruined all, I ruined all of your fun. Hope you got your giggles with my response.
1: Uh, you should reply again. Send them something
2: else. Tell me more.
1: Don't do another follow up. Yes, I need to me, know more. I need to know more. Okay, so more Americans this year, 38% say they are very conservative or conservative on social issues. So this is up from last year. So is this because of the whole Bud Light thing and the Target thing that more people are waking up to what's going on? What do we attribute this to? I
2: think it's people who have somewhat been asleep at the wheel in terms of what's happening in the country. Maybe their belief system hasn't changed, but they are awakening to the fact that when you look at what's going on with this bizarro trans movement stuff when you look at it, i think the biggest thing is that they're coming for the kids right mm-hmm. they're trying to indoctrinate and in many cases take away people's kids and parents who have previously been asleep are starting to look around and going oh my gosh, I've got to engage, I've got to do something because it is becoming more and more blatant and it is becoming more and more extreme.
1: More obvious. Um, So coming up later in the show, we're going to be talking with Susan Beckwith about flag etiquette because Flag Day is coming up. But one of the things that strikes me is the picture, you know, you've been seeing a lot of pictures of New York City with all the wildfire and the air quality, right? And they keep showing shots of like Rockefeller Center It is surrounded by dozens and dozens of pride flags. And where's the American flag right. in this situation?
2: Uh, okay, let's take a break. When we come back, Abdul is going to join mm-hmm. us. We're going to talk a little bit about the governor's race, about uh, the underachievers and uninspiring people on the Republican side. We're going to talk about Micah's uh, declaring for lieutenant governor, how that's going to shake up politics and the convention next year. We've got a whole bunch of stuff to get into with Abdul.
1: It's on the way with Kendall and Casey from 93 WIBC.
2: He's he's an author. He's a broadcaster. He's a provocateur. He's got high blood pressure. He's the one. (laughs) Abdul Kim Shabazz.
4: How are you, my friend? Doing well. I was at the doctor today just getting checked out and make sure everything is going in the right direction, and it is. All right. So
2: let's uh, have you get us up to date on the latest on the political landscape. Obviously, Micah Beckwith came on on Monday, made the announcement on our show. He's running for lieutenant governor. I love this one. Obviously, I like Micah. But two, I love the drama and the pageantry and the intrigue and all the stuff. That this is going to create because now we got a big fight on our hands at the convention next year.
4: Well, it it depends uh, because number one, it's still way way early and thing, and then and, and politics today day is a lifetime, so anything can change between now and then. It is interesting that Micah is going the 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 sort of non traditional route, which is going to appeal to the delegates to become lieutenant governor. The the question is, will the delegates? Go along and do what they do what they want to do or where they go go with the governor's pick does it does part of it depend on who the nominee is because let's say it's braun braun
2: regardless of how he legislated when he was in the general Assembly voting for the tax increases. the perception is he's kind of conservative versus say if it's Suzanne Crouch who let's face it her tie to Holcomb is going to alienate her with a lot of delegates doesn't the nominee matter a little
4: bit here um I think it does, but at the same time though do you want a lieutenant governor nominee that's not necessarily on the same page yes. as, your, as your gubernatorial candidate yes. nominee? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> but, but, but then again, once again, though, what, what are the lieutenant governor's responsibilities? And what can the lieutenant governor actually do to change the, the, the gubernatorial nominee.
2: Well, and you I know you had you're gonna have Micah on your Saturday yeah, yeah. show and you guys talked about this. I like the idea that there's gonna be a conversation, sir. Whether Mike is the pick or not, I mean it matters to me, but it doesn't matter because we're gonna have a year having a conversation about where the Republican Party goes, and you and know, I have talked about this for years. Competition makes whoever it is better.
4: Yes. Yeah, competition make, makes us all better uh, because you, you get the chance to, to throw your ideas out there, see what works, what doesn't work. Like I said, I'm not quite sure if the delegates are quite ready to pick a lieutenant gubernatorial candidate nominee that's not the pick of the governor. Casey?
1: How do you campaign to the delegates differently than you would the entire state?
4: Uh, well, first of all, you got to figure out who the delegates are because mm-hmm. we don't, we have no idea who they are just yet. Because I want to say the delegates will get picked in the primary in, in May of next year. And then you have the, the the convention actually in June, July of next year. So once you find out who the delegates are, then you start writing letters, calling people, hey, come with me for lunch, you know, that sort of thing. It's 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 a very, it's, it's, it's classic retail politics. D- does
2: Diego hurt Micah from the standpoint of, let's face it, the establishment Holly Sullivan, kind of asleep. You and I, and you and I talked about this in the lead up to the convention last year. Kind of asleep at the switch. Hey, this guy is a goof. People will see through him. They'll see, you know, his terrible work record, and ultimately they're not going to go with him. But I don't think they're going to be asleep on Micah because they got they got beat
4: by Diego. Um that that is true, and also it depends on who the lieutenant governor candidate is, also as well. That's true, because we have one. no idea who that person is going to be just yet. Now you obviously have your ear
2: to the <laughs> ear to the pulse of everything Indiana politics. Is there a world where? Let's say Micah walks in. It's 1,800-plus delegates. Let's say there's a world where Micah and the establishment know he's walking in with 700, and the governor's pick is walking in with 500, and then everybody else is up in the air. Is there a world where a Braun or Suzanne or Doden, we include him in there too, where they go, well, I don't want the embarrassment of losing, so let's just figure out how to stomach this guy and save myself some embarrassment? Or Or do they fight?
4: Or, like I said, it really depends on what the attitude is, what the atmosphere is. Because also remember next year, too, got a presidential race, got a U.S. Senate race. So, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, it's a big... You got state house that's races, right. the whole the whole nine yards. So that's right. And you also got an attorney general race in there. Is there going to be that? Is Rikita going to
2: get a challenger? I,
4: I hope so. Um, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Yes, My, you did. By. Abdul is our
2: <laughs> guest. Uh, we're going through the lay of the land on Indiana politics. Now, the other big rumor: our friend Curtis Hill considering getting in the race. I like this because Curtis is an
4: agitator. I know you're friends with Curtis too. What say you? Um, Curtis is going to be a little tricky uh, because, number one, um, it's one thing to lose the attorney general's race. It's nothing to lose the congressional race because, remember, he ran to take Jackie Walorsky's seat.
2: Does that count? Ca- okay, so let me ask you this. So he lost. There were 10 million people who ran for L- Walorsky's seat. He got second. He lost to the
4: guy who the family endorsed. Does that count as a loss? Uh, yeah, it, 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 a loss is a loss. Uh, I mean, it, I think I think it counts. The, and it also makes the fact that is can Curtis Hill win – a an election like I said after all the all the controversy right that he went through, like i said curtis is still a uh, good friend we chat on occasion but i think that that loss i think that congressional loss hurt him even more
2: uh, see i actually agree with you then remember we talked about this at the time and we kind of went back and forth on this where if your intention was to run for governor which yeah, i think he was thinking about even last year you better be darn sure you're going to win that that caucus because now you've got two losses in a row from the delegates on your resume
4: Right, and it's three strikes and you're out. Yeah,
2: oh yeah, he's, he's
1: has, done. has enough time passed though that people will either forget or forgive any of the allegations. Or
4: I, I think I think we're kind of past the allegations. I think now we're just more that second congressional district race because it's mm-hmm. sort of two losses in a row. And so the question is, do you want someone who, unfortunately, you know, has got two losses in a row right now? Mm-hmm. And also, too, to keep in mind that if Curtis is in, and um, I think I think the more people that get in the race for governor the more it helps Suzanne Crouch. And here's why. Because like I like I said before, they're about 40, 45% of the of the, of the establishment wing of the, yes. of the Republican your Party. your evil friends, yes. Yeah, my evil friends. <laughs> and then, then, then the other 50, 60%. When Dan, when Dan Coats ran for the U.S. Senate back in 2010, he got about 40% of the vote, then everybody else sort of split up yeah. the, the division. Yeah. When Richard Murdoch ran against Dick Lugar, Richard Dick Luger got 40% yeah. of yeah. the vote. So... The more people that get in, I think the better it is for Suzanne Crouch. That's interesting. Abdul is with us. You broke the story
2: uh, the other day, proved to be 100% true, as most of your stuff is, that there are major changes coming to downtown, mm-hmm. the Monument area, a lot of green space, looks like some commercial additions of some sort. What What do you think about this? Is it going to make a difference in terms of the reviving of downtown?
4: Um, it. it it, it, it remains to be seen uh, because well, what the what the city's going to do starting in July is they do their sort of spark on the circle. Yes. Where they have the games and the green space and mm-hmm. all that. So they're going to close the southwest quadrant of the circle, which is where we are right here. They're also going to close off uh, Georgia Street to pedestrian traffic. Georgia Street is going be, to be to more determinative than closing Monument Circle, at least that one section of Monument Circle. Because- Was this
2: sort of thing on your radar if you had been elected mayor? Is, I mean, this just seems like an election year ploy by uh,
4: by Hogsett. My, my issue with, with Georgia Street... Yeah, Georgia Street is fine because you can close it off to to, to vehicle traffic and that's going to make a difference. Monument Circle, on the other hand, Myesha has always been, and this goes to uh, Joe Hawks and also to Greg Ballard as well. In, in most towns where you have the Circle, there's like lots of retail space mm-hmm. along that area, like right. you know, clothing stores, yeah. restaurants. Here, you have a bank, a church, a private club, a radio station, the South Bend Chocolate Company, and a bank. So you don't necessarily have the the amenities on the circle for here for foot traffic yeah for foot traffic so if you have the amenities for foot traffic that would be a whole different creature but I, but that's my issue with closing off Monument Circle what, what are people going to do particularly so in the wintertime th-
1: th- that's not going to entice anybody to come in
4: I think it'll be good for South Bend Chocolate Company mm-hmm. but, but that's about it
1: yeah Starbucks are already closed. They're yeah. already gone. So it's not, okay.
4: Yeah. Uh, and, and Rocket Fizz.
2: Well, real quick, let's talk about Rocket Fizz. So there was, maybe you can just very high level describe what took place. You kind of broke that story, too, about a, a act of serious violence that took place. Rocket Fizz on the circle. Can you talk about what happened there and what the response was?
4: Yeah, Saturday night about 8 o'clock, uh, there's been these, there's problems uh unsupervised teenagers. And not like 18, 19-year-olds, but like 12 and 13 and 14-year-olds. Run around downtown unsupervised. Uh, they walked into a group of them. Walked into Rocket Fizz on Saturday at about eight o'clock. Started shoplifting. The managers had to get out of here. Two of them uh, sort of jumped the one woman. She got uh, beat up. Uh, the the two The two teenagers who did it got arrested. Uh, but what the, what the city's going to do is increase their police presence. Possibly, possibly even start doing roll calls mm-hmm. on Monument Circle. There'll be like a twenty four hour police presence or cameras on the circle all the time. But once again, were, it's it's a reminder that. Uh, down that, that well, downtown is, is for the most part, the safest part of town. you still got to uh, be concerned about unru- particularly unruly teenagers.
1: Well, I thought that they said that roll call stuff was going to come when they start closing down the driving traffic with Monument Circle. You think that's going to happen before? I think that'll probably happen before. Okay.
4: What's coming up this Saturday? Autumn Duel at Large, 1 to 3 here on WIBC. Uh, talking to Suzanne Crouch, uh, also talking to uh, Micah Beckwith, and also talking to my good friend, Glenn Dobbs, who runs Bardfest, uh, which is Henry Eighth and a bunch of other stuff that I do every, every summer. Are you doing that this year? Uh, Not sure yet. All right. He's an author.
2: He's a broadcaster. He's a provocateur. (laughs) He's the one and only Abdul-Gabib Shabazz. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you.
1: It's Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com.
1: Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's a wild thing. He joins us in the studio now. It is Hammer. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm great. Have I missed the voicemail
3: segments yet? No, that's coming up later. Okay, because I know sometimes you play that before I come in here. And um, I received one the other day. Oh, Now, I don't receive nowhere near the amount of voicemails that you two receive. Right. But this is the kind of thought-provoking listener That tunes into the afternoon program here. We were talking about Chuck Todd on uh, Meet the Press, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, leaving on his own, Uh absolutely (laughs) positively not being told to kick rocks. Um, And, again, (laughs) the kind of folks that call into the afternoon show, a little different than the folks that call you, Rob, or you, Casey. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Kevin has a uh, copy here.
4: Hammer. I was just listening to you folks uh, uh, hammer on uh, Tuck Todd, so thank you for doing that, because he's an idiot. (laughs) But I wanted to let you know, you're mispronouncing his last name. You know that, oh, really, it's supposed to have an umla, the two dots over the top, which is an ur sound.
1: So it's really Chuck Turd, not Chuck Todd,
4: because I'd let
0: you know. Thanks. Bye-bye. To respond for <laughs>
3: Chuck Turd. Chuck Turd. Chuck Toad. Thanks for listening. I appreciate that. Fantastic. Uh, anybody got action, NBA Finals? Anybody betting on this thing? Anybody interested? Well, you
2: love Jokic. So Jokic is – now, did we ever figure out how we pronounce the guy's first name? There's some controversy over how you actually say this guy's... Is
3: it a hard J or is it a soft J,
2: like yogging <laughs> like uh, Ron Burgundy says at Anchorman? Because his first name is, what is it, Nicola? Nicola. Nicola. See, the morning show on the sports station the other day was having this discussion, too, on how you say this guy's name, because everybody seems to say it a little different.
3: Just call him Joker.
2: Yeah. The j- That's what everybody goes by. But, but his last name, is it Jokic or Jokic?
3: J-O-K-I-C and all, there's all those weird (laughs) things above it. He's Serbian, so I think it's Jokic, isn't yeah, it?
2: That's what I think it is. But so somebody described. I love that you looked at Casey, and she goes, "I don't even know
1: who this guy is." No, I'm just <laughs> like, let me Google him really quick. <laughs> is it
2: Damon Bailey on the team? <laughs> uh, this guy is described as if you've never seen him play. He looks like Greg Ostertag, who was a famous kind of goon. That's at Kansas. a great,
3: great reference.
2: In the mid '90s, was a you know a hanger and banger, and you know
3: famous for being just dunked on into next year by Glenn Robinson in the NCAA tournament. That's right.
2: But he looks like Greg Ostertag, but he plays like Larry Bird. He can go outside. He
3: can go inside. I think the last game to which he had a triple-double, 41 points, 20 rebounds, and like 13 assists or something like that. His
2: passing is the most amazing thing because he is a big dude. Like he is – what is he? He's got to be 6'10", 6'11", something
3: like that. And that's how you – see a lot of these European players play. like They are amazing passers. Back in the day, and I'm going to age myself here, back when Sabonis' old man was in the league, Me- Vitas Sabonis. Remember
2: the ESPN thing? He's not your Vetus. He's not my Vitas. He's, he's our, our Vetus. Vetus.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he was an amazing passer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whipping it around with one hand, and I think that's just kind of a European style, but the Joker, man, he's a bad dude. And what I love about him the most is that he used to be a big, fat kid. (laughs) And you look at him now, man, there's not a lot of fat on that dude. He is cut, and he's got big, strong, goon brothers that are also in the stands. (laughs) But there's a great photo, and we share it all the time on Hammer and Nigel's social media, of him as a kid. And he's got boobs and belly rolls and he's fat (laughs) like this gives hope to all fat kids nationwide the joker and uh jerry o'connell the fat kid from stand by me (laughs) that just goes to show that no matter what you are as a kid you can grow up and either be the best player in the nba or bang rebecca romaine It gives hope worldwide to big, fat, pudgy kids. You can succeed. So
2: uh, Casey and I have this conversation earlier. Zubilation is tonight. You ever been? I've been once. Yeah, it doesn't seem like your sort of place.
3: No, I went once just for the experience, and... Um, You know what? I'm not a guy that wants to be seen. You know, like, I want to be heard. I have a radio show. You know, when I do my sports betting stuff, I want people to listen to what I say. I don't go to these places for photo ops, really. It's not my thing. I'd rather stay home with the family, gamble, and fart.
2: (laughs) So Casey was— We were. That's
3: true. I'm sorry. (laughs)
2: Honest. Where's Hammer at tonight? Well, he's either gambling or farting. Uh, Casey was reading the prices to get into this thing, Mm -hmm. and it's like— $250 $250 if you're in the zoo club. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Or whatever Three, that
1: is. 300 for non-members. And then I if mean, you want the
3: premium experience, it goes up to 500 plus. It's a fundraiser, yeah. and they get great turnouts for it. So mm-hmm. I, it, clearly it works, what they're doing. People like to get dressed up in the suits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I've always said, if I ever go back, I'm wearing my powder blue Dumb and dumb, yes. Dumber Tux. <laughs> well, that's what
2: Kevin and I talked about. If uh-huh. we went to something like that together. But the there is a upper tier a vip that's five hundred dollars and i said what do you get because supposedly part of the entrance is you get the top shelf liquor and the nice dinners mm-hmm. and all that so what what could do you get to swim with the hippos do you get to ride a giraffe <laughs> you know what do you get for the giraffe fun? racing <laughs> and, and nigel of course has done the vip experience mm-hmm. and he said all you get is just to get in early and you get to cut the line on the stuff so it's like the fast pass at Disney. 200 extra bucks to just get in early. And he said, oh, it's great. You got to do it. Again,
3: I've said this before. Those types of things, they're fundraisers. They're for great causes. I think that's awesome. I'm not going to rip it. But it's just not my thing. It's like, party with a purpose. Same thing with the Rev Indie event. The Rev Indie event is phenomenal, and they raise a lot of money to help people, but dressing up in suits and walking red carpets and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, that's not who I am. That's not my thing at all, and I don't think it's the coupon ladies thing. And if that's you, though, good. And I'm happy these people sell it out. Mm-hmm. Clearly it's popular. Yep. Clearly it works. Going to great causes. Uh, just not my thing. So the event helps fund the care of all of the zoo animals. And the zoo is cool. Like, I've never had a
1: bad time going to the zoo, right? 1,400 animals and 48,000 plants.
2: I feel if I went to one of those, I would be like Rodney Dangerfield in Caddyshack, where he he slams the thing down and goes, Tell the chef this is low-grade dog food. And he's running around hitting on guys' wives, throwing money up in the air. You guys, take some lessons.
3: You and I are going to go to one of these events, Rob. We're (laughs) going to be dressed like the Blues Brothers, and we're going to sit at the table and toss shrimp into each other's. Mouth <laughs> like Jake and L. wrong
2: glass, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the, the underrated part of the Blues Brothers, a young Pee Wee Herman. Paul Rubin yes, is one of the waiters in the uh, in, in the uh, Mr. Fabulous scene.
3: When you watch the closing credits of the Blues Brothers when they're in the jail and they're playing Jailhouse Rock and <laughs> you look at all the cameos of people who were in that movie. I mean, you've got Steven Spielberg, you got Frank Oz, you've got Paul Rubens, James Brown. I mean, it's a who's who of pop culture around that era.
2: For those of you who don't know one of uh, Hammer and I's favorite things to do in public is if we're somewhere where their drinks are being served I will look at Hammer and go wrong glass sir and he will just wave his glass
3: (laughs) I'll hold up the big glass and just wave it (laughs) by the way your basketball player
1: you want to know how tall he is how tall is he 6'11 284 pounds
3: yeah, he's a big dude. And again, he's got brothers that sit in the stands. And I don't know if they're as big as he are, but they're pretty big. They're like the European Gronk family. Mm-hmm. Casey
2: yeah. did such a mom move there.
3: By the way, you your basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola. <laughs> the juice boxes are ready. <laughs> I've
1: got some orange slices Look, for Casey you. Casey brought in orange slices. I know. <laughs> I totally did. For sure. <laughs>
2: hey, uh... Your kid, his baseball season is over. and Can I just say this? I love that his total boss move was he went to the bowling alley the next day. He just said, screw it. I'm on to my next thing. Here we go. I am a college bowler now.
3: And then he filled in for Nigel a couple days after that.
2: (laughs) Show's never been better.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Where are you
2: at? We got about a minute left here. Where are you at on uh, uh, Indictment Gate?
3: I I think it's ridiculous. I think this whole thing is crooked. And the fact that there's actually some smoke on the water now about Joe Biden. What a coincidence. Mm-hmm. They're going to indict Donald Trump. Don't look over there. The guy behind the curtain in Wizard of Oz, look over here. So we'll get into that this afternoon. Uh, we've got... to. W- The guy following this from Breitbart is going to join us. And also, we've got uh, Tommy Piggott of the RNC. Speaking
2: of Breitbart, when are you going to have Francis the Model Martel on again? Whenever
3: there's world conflict going down, nobody covers it better than the model.
2: Yeah, so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about here, there was a professional wrestler called Rick the Model Martel.
3: And he would spray this little can in the (laughs) ring, and he'd call it arrogance.
2: (laughs) It was like purified water, but on TV. Oh, the arrogance blinding the opponent. <laughs>
3: and Frances Martell, just because she happens to have the same last name, we've dubbed her the model. Oh,
2: man. I'm excited for the Hammer and Nigel show this afternoon. Well,
3: thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, you guys have a great weekend. It's
1: you Beer too. Sample Friday. Yeah. Chuck a lug. Thanks, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
0: You make
3: everything.